Hello, and welcome to another episode of Caffeinated Convos and Horrible Bosses. I'm your host, Lauren Williams, founder and chief boss lady of Workplace Harmony, helping companies thrive in times of change and uncertainty and business evolution. And I'm so excited to have my guest today. Um, Joseph Young is the founder of QVO Creative, and they are a software application company. They do everything from creating apps to helping B2Bs have good software presence and good software internally. And I am very excited to have him today to share his horrible boss story. So welcome, Joseph. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks. So we always start off, what are you drinking today? Oh, gosh. So one of my quarantine projects was to learn the art of espresso making. I've had an espresso machine for a long time, and I never realized until like two months ago that I have always in my entire life made espresso entirely the wrong way. And so 2000 YouTube hours later, you know, I'm down into the depths of, of, you know, how many exact grams of espresso should I put in and, and how many seconds should it run and learning all the, the arts of, you know, what does it mean when an espresso is sour? So that's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm espresso fueled from start to finish. I love it. Yeah. There's an <laughs> art to it. I mean, more is not always yeah. better, especially with espresso. You got to get it just right. Yeah, exactly. And really, like I think my, my, my espresso recipe now is 17 and a half grams of coffee, 29 grams of liquid in 31 seconds. Otherwise, something is wrong. Like that's wow, how precise that's very and scientific. <laughs> yeah, that's how particular it is. It's, it's so do you, you have an actual espresso machine, like a real one? Yeah, and I, and I bought it before I started learning how just thinking that it would just make espresso for me, you know, and <laughs> no. <laughs> Au contraire, mon frere. That is not how it works. You've got to right. get it right. Espresso yeah. is a great drink. I just find that if I, I like it a lot and then like I'm still wired like very, very much later. Right, so. right. Exactly. But that is a cool hobby to have during quarantine time. So very <laughs> cool. Do you do like flavors or is it just straight up espresso? Um, during the afternoons or, or later, it's always straight up espresso. In the mornings, it's either a latte or cappuccino, but no flavors, just pure either co just pure coffee and milk. No sugar or anything because I guess if you make it right, you're not supposed to need sugar. Right. So, Fantastic. Yeah. You're not supposed to need it because it's supposed to taste just perfect. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me a little, just introduce yourself for our guests. Tell a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I am a software developer and an architect by trade. Um, I have had a couple of uh, more kind of industry standard jobs before starting Kubio Creative. Um, we are now uh, 21 people across eight countries. We're 100% remote from the very beginning. Uh, we, we, we just like to run crazy experiments. Um, we are a 30 hour work week as well from the very beginning. Nice. Um, just lots of things like that. And, and, uh, and those all come from, uh, you know, my actual experience working the 50, 60, 70 hour more standard work weeks and, and, you know, being a rebel at heart and trying to figure out, is there a better way that we can do this? Um, and we've been in business for over four years now and going strong. We've grown every single year. And uh, so far, the experiments are working. Yeah, and I'm sure that the 30-hour work week, in addition to the other things you're doing, 
you probably have a lot of employees who stay, right? Yeah, everybody stays. So so everybody who has joined for the long haul that hasn't been like a temporary internship or something like that, are, they are all here, you know, still four years later. That's amazing. That's wonderful. I'm sure they all want their friends to work there too. <laughs> yeah, it's how we grow. <laughs> we, we find the best people that way. That's awesome. That is so cool. Well, congrats on building a really strong culture straight from the gate. A lot of people don't get that right. So kudos to you. I cannot wait to hear your horrible boss story or stories. I'm not sure if there's many or there's just one, but I'm very intrigued to hear it. Uh, Yeah. Well, so like, you know, I've always taken the tack of every, even every horrible boss has a story, right? They have a reason why they are doing the things that they're doing either they got thrown into management too quickly and they thought that management was something different or they thought that it was more about you know setting deadlines and pushing people and things like that um uh but yeah so so i uh i actually started my adult life in the military i was in the air force for nine years as an air traffic controller i have no idea to this day why why i decided to do that but I did and it was fun but it was extremely bureaucratic right obviously right that you know you're you're beholden to bosses that were that just you know came in six months before you right and, and it's just a matter of time that kind of determines the hierarchy versus instead of skill sets right and so in that sort of environment I kind of had to start figuring out how to thrive in an environment where I thought that I could contribute things, but I wasn't being heard, right? And trying to learn those politics. Um, And so uh, after about nine years, that was enough. And I decided, hey, I'm going to go into software because I'd always, uh, you know, uh, had a knack sort of for software. And so I I got a very typical job, uh, a very like typical junior software first position um, at the age of 27 and sort of immediately started learning the typical corporate politics, right? Like I'm in this very established business that's been around for a hundred years. They have this team of, of IT, you know, internal IT that builds internal applications for their company. And they, they just kind of are maintaining this sort of mess of a software to, you know, do quoting and ordering and, and things like that. And, it, and, and um, it's not very exciting, but it's work, you know, and, 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 uh, and so, you know, over the course of that period of time, I, I kind of learned the politics and simultaneously learned what I didn't like about the typical corporate structure, which was if I had a, an idea of how to improve things, I had to take that through the hierarchical chain and really like push those ideas and instead of just running with them, right? And seeing what would happen and, and, and allowing sort of that investment to take place. Um, and it was fine. I mean, there was nothing wrong with that, that first position. There weren't any really like bad irons in the fire. It was just kind of standard job, right? Well, and it sounds um, like it was more about the what of the doing and not the person or the who of doing and getting it done. Yes. Yeah, that, that one was. Um, and then I started getting antsy and started wondering what it would be like to work at an actual software company where software was the product instead of just supporting the product. Mm-hmm. So I kind of put some feelers out and ended up switching to this boutique software firm that had about 25 people, had been around for, I don't know, 15 years or something and still had 25 people. Um, come to find out they basically had one client 
that bankrolled their entire business. I mean, it was 80, 90% probably of their revenue. Um, and had not really grown beyond 25 people in 10 years, you know, it was one of those kinds of situations. It was also one of those situations where um, they had a lot of leverage with that client, but also they had a CEO who had three or four houses in a 25 person shop and you're, you're being paid well, but like if you did things that were interesting, you didn't personally feel the results of those successes, right? And the, 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 the sort of culture was like, it was very standard. It was like, if you go home first, you are the, you know, you're, Worst you're the bad apple, ever. Right? Why yeah. would you leave work? Where exactly. would you want to be besides work? That's yeah. awful. That's plus disgusting. like free brownies in the break room, right? Like little five and ten dollar things, you know, to try and sell. Carbs a culture don't always of- equal love. <laughs> I just want to give a huge disclaimer to employers everywhere. Carbs do not equal employee love. <laughs> they just don't. And while it feels nice and donuts may feel nice and cookies may feel nice, it, it's not it's not helping if the rest of it isn't showing love too. And yeah. you make people feel like crap when they actually go home. So sorry, please continue. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, and so, you know, so so it was it was a very similar situation personally where I had a bunch of ideas. And in this case, because there was a lot of leverage with this one client and also a lot of space because there wasn't really a strategy in the company, Mm -hmm. um, I just sort of embarked upon making an entirely new product for this client that they didn't even ask for because I believed in it. Um, instead of going through the bureaucracy of, of, of asking permission to be, get funded to do it. Um, and it was, it was a huge success and it ended up being installed in thousands of warehouses and solving all these problems um, to the point that, the, that their CEO sort of had to chase the idea of, of, of charging them for this, right? And making it a recurring subscription and, and, and things like that, which is fine because we had done the work and we had sort of proven ourselves and it made it easier. And so then I started trying to pivot them to like, well, why don't you get more clients? Because we could sell this to other, other people and, and just kind of constantly trying to push that mentality, but it never sort of, it never hit home because everybody was still stuck in that like, oh, well, this is working, so why do anything different? We have people that we are hiring, they are making products for us, they are our machines, and we are taking the money for it. Um, and so uh, so I, I, I did a couple of years of that, trying to figure out how to sort of break through and uh, satisfy, I guess, my rebellious tendencies. And then uh, my breaking point was I was on vacation, and have you seen Mr. Robot or heard of the show? I have Mr. heard Robot? of it, yes. So it is basically the quintessential rage against the machine sort of show. And it's, you know, a guy going up against big corporations. So I'm watching the first episode of the first season of this show while I'm on vacation. And in this culture, I get an email from the company that says something along the lines of next year, we're going to be uh, um, increasing your deductibles by 100% for your health insurance plan. And I'm like... I know you have millions of dollars of revenue. I know that the CEO has many houses. What kind of person would hold on to those houses and that revenue while saving a couple hundred bucks a person on health insurance? You know, like what kind of company makes that particular decision? I mean, the answer is lots of companies in the world, right? And so that was my breaking point and I quit on the spot while I was on vacation. I sent an email saying, I'm just not coming back. You quit that and day? That day. Wow. That, day, that hour. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I kind of just decided that and I was going to go all in with everything that I thought should be done, essentially the opposite from the way that I had always seen it be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's why we started like, we should be able to figure out how to run a 100% remote organization. Like the, the discipline problems and the communication problems should be solvable problems if we go all in. Um, and, and lo and behold, <laughs> they're actually easier if you do go all in and if you're so not scared. So what does all in look like for you and your organization? So it's, it's the answers to questions like that are always basically the most counterintuitive answer. Going all in for us has basically been backing up and letting everybody be themselves and not instituting large, you know, swaths of, of, of requirements or bureaucratic oversight or anything like that, but just stepping back and seeing what happens and basically sort of trying to lift up the individual talents of every single person and try and build a culture where they feel like they have a unique thing that they are contributing to a larger goal. And, and, and just leave it at that, like, and not try to build a bunch of robots that all act and, and follow the same set of rules or work the same, you know, work hours or, or anything like that. But, in, but instead, just figure out what would it mean if I personally like to work from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. and you prefer, you like to work, you know, perfect eight to five because you like the structure and everybody else likes to work weekends and somebody else likes to work what does that mean like why is it kind of trying to go to the core of why is it that companies are shoving people into a into a building for nine hours a day just for the off chance that two people have to talk to each other or something Mm -hmm. for 30 seconds and why can't you do that virtually like why what's the point and 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 what does it mean and so that's what it's been about is is just trying to give everybody the space to find their own rhythm instead of subscribe to a rhythm that is dictated from somebody, some, from somewhere else. And that's the thing that we've really seen has sort of ignited the creative process in, in all of us, which is exactly what we're trying to sell, right? Is creative solutions. That's amazing. So have you had people come on board that obviously that's probably an adjustment for some, and for how all. do you help them yeah, experience <laughs> yeah. it and enjoy it and thrive with autonomy? Um, it is, it has almost to a person been a, um, been a, an adjustment period of several months um, that we have, because we've done it, you know, 20 plus times now, we're just kind of used to it now. Like we, we, we also give the space for that. And we tell them, we say, listen, this is going to be a little bit off-putting because basically we're saying, okay, go find your way, you know, figure out. And we're not even, you know, necessarily hiring them for a particular role or saying, this is what we want you to do. We're saying, we like you as a person. We want you to find your own path. Um, learn about us and see where you think you can contribute. Figure out what you enjoy. And that is terrifying for almost everybody. I because... can imagine, yeah. Especially if you haven't been told that and you're kind of like, is this a joke? Are you punking me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, and, and, it, and to a degree, um, uh, it, it, it's a different kind of pressure that, that uh, it's funny, it's uh, like almost, there, I mean, to different degrees, but almost every person has had some amount of just complete ghosting 
between three to six, seven, eight weeks in where they just go, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And they just kind of disappear and stop being responsive and stop communicating and like, and then, and then there's something that happens where they kind of like, we let that happen. And then they, they sort of come back and they're like, okay, like I've, I've kind of gotten my thoughts together and I've, and I've thought like, maybe I could try to work on this. Like this would be interesting to me. And they have that conversation. And then from there, I mean, they, 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 they're, they're, here forever. I mean, not forever, but for, you know, as long as they're, they're, they're willing. And wow, Joseph, that's amazing. And it's a <laughs> testament to your leadership style, but what you've learned along the way, and then what you're, you're, you know, practicing what you preach and what you believe. And, you know, this culture is really thriving with your employees. And it's clear to see that it's a formula that works. I mean, you guys mm -hmm. have been successful, you continue to grow, and you continue to add new people. I know everyone listening probably wants to work for you. So we'll make sure we get some <laughs> connectivity deets at the end before we wrap up. Sure. Just asking one more question, um, your best boss ever. And maybe this goes back to pre-software work. Maybe this goes back to pre-government work. But what was um, one of your best bosses ever or who? Um, my best boss ever uh, is actually now uh, has moved on to a... Uh, a uh, uh, another company and is a client of ours that company because it was such a good relationship um, so this was a boss that had took over the IT department at that first position that I, that I had and was not um, so he took over for an actual software developer that was in that manager position but he was on the IT side like the hardware and networking side was not a software person and so he ended up leaning on me to um, sort of take the software side of things and run with it, but also was the face of the department and was playing, was, was fighting the politics and, and all of those kind of things um, in the best possible way. So basically anytime that I, I would have some idea that, you know, was a curveball of some sort, he would, he, he would just say like, look, this is my job. I'm going to take it to all the people to get all the approvals that you need. And that way, like all I had to have was the idea and the, the, the penchant to convince him and be passionate enough about it to convince him. And then he would play the political games that he had to play in that environment. And then inevitably he was very good at it and he would come back and say, okay, you have the green light, like, and, and now I'm here to support you. And, and so it kind of gave me that first sense of, of, wait a minute, like it's, if you're in a managerial position, your job is not to manage your people. Your job is to support your people. Right. And, exactly. and, to, exactly. and to be that firewall for the, yeah. for, for the, the, the things and the people that those people would otherwise have to deal with. Uh, I wish we could just jobs. do away with the word manager because nobody yeah. needs managed. Like that's, right. I don't know. I just, there needs to be a new word and yeah. anyone who can come up with one that doesn't sound like that would, would really be onto something. Cause I, I don't ever feel the sense that someone needs managed. Like yeah. that just doesn't, doesn't flow. So I, I appreciate that story very much. Real quick, tell our listeners how they should find you. Do you want them to follow a company page? Where should they look up your company? When are you hiring again? <laughs> so um, our website is kuv.io. Cuvio, um, and uh, there's a contact form there um, that that I'm always I'm always watching. And so, if you want to talk to me directly, feel free to fill that out, and I'll 
be in touch or if you just have general questions even about work stuff right like oh i've heard this philosophy of this policy that we think could work we always love to have those those chats as well um but yeah like our, our website's probably the best way to get in touch with us awesome and we'll put all your contact info in our show notes but it's been wonderful catching up with you hearing your stories thank you for being so open and honest Thank you for sharing it with our listeners. I'm sure everyone learned a lot from today's episode. And I just want to thank you for being a guest. Thank you.